Again, good morning, Peninsula Hope Church. Uh, before I start, let me open this up in a word of prayer. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Pray, Lord, that the words I speak will be your words spoken through your Holy Spirit. I also pray, Lord, that the words spoken by your Holy Spirit through me would touch open hearts and open minds. My hope and prayer is, Lord, that we leave her today with a closer, better understanding of you and who you are and a closer relationship in and through you. Again, Lord, I give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name. Again, good morning, Peninsula Hope Church, and those of you who are joining us on YouTube. We're two weeks removed from a resurrected Christ, our celebration of his resurrection. Also, one week removed from two things. One, our pastors uh, stepping down to spend uh, time with. Uh, Pastor Andrew's uh, father or parents in Colorado. Also, one week we moved from hearing the news, the selling of the church, and a new pastor coming on board. Again, a time of transition. And that's basically what I'm going to be talking about today transition or transitions. Transitions are a great time to truly look at your heart condition and motives. They are natural points of ending and beginning. There are opportunities to test if you are maturing, stagnant, or dying your faith in God in your relationship with Him. Again, heart condition, motive. Last week, Pastor Andrew touched upon the events that took place after Jesus' resurrection. He focused on Peter and explained how Jesus had to confront Peter on his sin multiple times. He also had to remind Peter to keep his focus on following Jesus, not what the future, the, what the future had in store for the other disciples. Again, kind of what, we, what he's trying to do with us. We worry about other people, but God's reminded, don't worry about other people. Worry about what I'm doing with you. Again, Jesus had to remind Peter. He's always reminding Peter of something, right? I feel like Peter all the time, right? That he's always reminding me, right? Right? of Hope is going through some major transitions, as I mentioned. Our pastor stepped down, selling of the building. Major transitions, changes in leadership, and again, the eventual change in where we are to meet. And depending on how you view things, again, your perspective, this can be viewed as a positive or a negative. Ultimately, only God knows how transitions play out. You all believe that, right? I mean, we can guess and, well, this, that. But only God knows. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. 
whether it's, change, whether it's changes in the church's leadership or something non-church related like starting a new job. Again, we may and more times than not may not know, but God does. And literally I say, thank God. But when transitions come for kingdom purposes, it's not what happens one way or the other that makes the difference. It is what or who you put your faith and trust in. And if you're being obedient to God. Again, it's, it is what or who you put your faith and trust in. And are we being obedient to God? Easier said than done, right? We say we are. But are we really? I know I do a lot of lip service. And then I look at my actions and they speak different. Again, going back to leaning not on my own understanding, but acknowledging God in all things at all times. Being obedient. It's not easy. It's hard, actually. But you need God in our lives to be able to do that. I want to read John chapter 21. So if you want to get your Bibles out or your whatever you use these days. Um, I'm going to be reading from John chapter 21. And then we will focus on the interaction, or we will be focusing on the interaction between Jesus and Peter to help us better understand if we are ready for transitions. And if we are not, what do we need to do to be ready? So again, John 21, 1 through 25, I'm going to be reading from the NIV. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of a large number of fish. Amazing. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they had landed, they saw a fire of burning coals with, there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, 
and did the same with the fish. This is now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say he would he would not die. He, hit, he only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Again, putting Peter in place. Peter's always, again, I, I recognize Peter, always worrying about somebody else. Jesus said, don't worry about them. Worry about yourself. Don't worry about what I have plans for him. Worry about the plans I have for you. Kind of like what I would ask of you. Don't worry about the other person. What about that person? What about that person? What about? Don't worry about that. Worry about what God's going to do in you, in your life. All right? Let's not be like Peter. Let's learn a lesson from Peter. If every one of them, if, he said, this is that we know that this testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written down. It's amazing. I like this last part because we talk about miracles and we hear about a lot of miracles if you've read scripture, which I hope you have. They talk about a lot of miracles, a lot of, a lot of testimonies like this. But if he had written down everything that had happened through his ministry, three years, by the way, it says here, wouldn't even have room for the books. There wouldn't be enough books in the world. So that tells me that even though this Bible is filled with some great stuff, a lot of testimony, a lot of truth. There was still a lot that was not written in it. Amazes me, right? At least me. I don't know about you all. Anyways, got, got off on a little tangent there. I had to, had to throw that in there. So the question I would ask of you today is, are you spiritually prepared for the upcoming transition? Again, 
Are you spiritually prepared for the upcoming transition? I will remind you what those transitions are. We are in the process of putting together things to sell the building. Also prepared to get another pastor in here the 1st of June. Transition. Transitions. And I'm not just asking you, are you ready, but are you spiritually, not flesh, but spiritually, are you ready for these, for these transitions? I have to say spiritually because, again, I'm prepared for a lot of things. And there is a difference between being prepared in the flesh and being prepared in the spirit. For me, and I'll only use me as an example, if I prepare myself in the flesh for things that the world tosses at me, whether they're transitions, whether they're challenges, I don't do well. I don't do well at all. You guys got about three days, I'll tell you my past, and uh, it's, it's well, well versed and well, well, well written that I didn't do well when I leaned or I acknowledged the flesh. But when I did things in the spirit, being led by the spirit, things worked out a whole lot better. So again, are you spiritually prepared for the upcoming transitions? I ask you, what is your heart condition? Good question, huh? Where's your heart? Is it lined up with God? Or is it lined up with the world? Good question, huh? What emotions are you feeling? I know when I first heard about the potential selling of the church, and I've had about nine months to process this. You've all, a lot of you've only had about a week. I wasn't comfortable with it. But what I did, and I was luckily, I was surrounded by good board members, both English and Nishigo. And we all had certain emotions, but we relied on each other. We depended on each other to put those emotions in check. Again, leaning on our own understanding or our own emotions, but acknowledging God. And he got us through some challenging times. And still getting us through some challenging times. Which leads me, are you leaning on your own understanding? I hope you all understand what I mean by that, because we said this, I think I've been hearing this. One of my favorite verses comes from uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Love thy Lord thy God with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge God and God. Not me, not you, but God will keep your path straight. Again, are you leaning or are you going to lean on your own understanding during these transitions? Very important. My opinion that if you lean on your own understanding, which I've seen done over the years, ain't nothing good gonna happen. But 
If we lean on God, acknowledge God, He not only will keep our path straight, but things will work out. Not for us, but for Him and His glory. Amen? Amen. I just want to make sure you're all still with me because I'm looking at you guys and I'm just like, are you all sleeping on me here? Or, I mean, are you awake? I mean, Harrison, are you with me here, brother? There you go, brother. You're worrying me, Harrison, because I can't see your face. I, I don't like I mean, I'm seeing eyes. And, and uh, Matter of fact, I heard the other day that now that I belong to a Japanese congregation, that the Japanese in Japan, they can read the eyes. We in America, we read the, we read the mouth. So I'm not good. I guess I'm not Japanese because I'm looking at everybody's eyes and all. <laughs> this, wow, I want to see your mouth. <laughs> Let me see some emotion here, right? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Are you stuck in the past or looking at the future? That could be twofold. So again, we can look in the past, and I'll, I'm going to share, share with you my thoughts here in a minute. But the past can get you stuck. It also can be a, a building block to the future. It's all how you look at the past and what you're going to do with the past moving forward. But then looking at the future, what did we learn from the past so that we can move in the future and not make the same mistakes we did in the past. So again, are you stuck in the past or looking at the future? Again, let me share my thoughts a little bit. I shared all my thoughts again, we wouldn't have time. I got a lot, believe me. I wanna share my experience with transitions or at least here at Peninsula. I've been part of Peninsula Hope Church for over 20 years, actually going on 22. Been a long time, huh? Harrison, Heidi, Jerry, Brooke, Mickey, Carol. Many years, huh? I've grown on you, you've grown on me, I hope. <laughs> hope. <laughs> I have seen four English pastors come and go and a couple of Nishiko pastors. I've seen our last two pastors both leave after three years. Now I know God called Andrew and Emily away to care for family, but this got me thinking. Do you think God calling them or other pastors away was really hard for any of them? Honest question. Were they brokenhearted or constantly questioning God that he was calling them away from the church? Again, we won't elaborate on, but just something to think about. Were they brokenhearted? Were they asking God, why would you bring me here just to leave me or just to take me away? But me, this is my thought. Every time a pastor has left, I would get discouraged. Because just as momentum and change was taking place, our pastors would be called away. I wouldn't say all of them, but most of them. I, I got to kind of clarify that, and we won't. But I was brokenhearted or discouraged because there would be some momentum, some momentum, thinking that we're finally getting over the hump, moving on to greener, 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 greener pastors. And 
then they would be gone. I found myself asking God, what am I supposed to do? I would tell my feelings are making me want to leave. I won't say many times, but last 10 years, chains were gone, and I wanted to leave. I'll be honest, I didn't, did not want to be here. Um, it was just too much. But what I did do, I took it before the good Lord. And his answer to me was to stay. There was times I go, wow, dang, Lord, just let me go. Let me go. Let me go somewhere else where I could be filled and happy. But he said, stay. So I was obedient. I stayed. But he did not promise me everything would get better. I think we have this false impression that we're being obedient to God, then everything is going to look good, feel better, the way we think things should be or the way we think things should feel. That's what God said. But he does have a purpose. And are we being and are we being obedient to his purpose? Not our purpose, but his purpose. Anyways, I stayed. But what broke my heart whenever a transition had taken place at Peninsula over the last 20 years, where I would see people leave, I would see people return. The vast majority, you may not, may or may not like what I'm about, where, about ready to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. The vast majority did not say God said to do this. I think a lot of times we don't like what we hear, we don't like what we see, so we leave, we quit. God didn't say to do that. But because of your feelings, your emotions, you lean on your own understanding. You quit. You leave. You complain. We're not being led by the Spirit. Again, what they would say as I elaborated is that I didn't like this or I don't like that. Well, hopefully, the next pastor would be more like what I want. Not what God would want, but what we want. Think about that. Well, I don't like that pastor because he's saying, saying, oh, he hurt my feelings. He, you know, he's not, I'm not leaving there all filled up. I want, I want to get rid of him. I'm going to complain. I don't like what you said. I take things personal or you're too rough. And they go home and complain or quit or leave. Tell you, this is not a godly response or action. It's leaning on your own understanding and your own desires, not God's. I'm acting like Pastor Andy right now. I'm being straightforward here, guys. This is not a godly response. Again, are we here for God or are we here for ourselves? This is an honest question I hope that you all ask yourselves. I've been asking this many, many years. I keep asking every day. 
Because if I ever get in a place where I think I'm in a good place, I don't need to ask God anymore, guess what? I'm going to be somewhere I don't want to be. Don't fool yourselves. Every day, ask God, am I doing, am I where you want me to be? Leaning not on your own understanding and your own desires. As Jesus reminded Peter, we need to focus on Jesus and following him. Not what's what's going on around us, but what our focus on him and him alone. If we are doing this, and if we are being led by the Holy Spirit, I tell you this, everything will work out for the better. Again, it doesn't mean, as I said before, he did not promise me everything would get better, but we're being, the joy that we would get, and again, there's a difference between joy and happy. Happy is, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Joy is knowing we're right where God wants us to be. It doesn't have to be happy. A lot of times it's not happy, but it's where God wants us to be so that he can use us better for that moment, for that time, for that person or persons. Difference. The joy comes from we're right where God wants us to be. So, how do we do this? Focus and follow God so we mature into the Christians he wants us to become. And then let me repeat that. Focus and follow God so we mature into the Christians he wants us to become. Not what we want to become, but what he wants us to become. We say we're Christians, and yet our words, our actions speak different. But if we follow God, we will mature and become the people that He wants us to be, that He wants us to become. To fulfill the plans and purposes He has for us. And again, people, let me tell you this. He does have plans and purposes for us. If we let Him do it, He gives us free will. If we allow Him to do it in our lives, give up that free will and give it to God, He will fulfill the plans that He has for us, and they're great plans if we allow him to fulfill those plans. But, make no mistake about it, if we choose not to be used by him, he will use other things or other people. Read the book of Esther. It'll tell you how, how that happens, right? I don't know if you know about Esther, but I ain't got time to go over that book, but read it. You'll understand. Esther had an opportunity and she chose to take that opportunity and God used her in a very powerful way. Very scary, very challenging challenging situation, but she chose to let God use her and it turned out great. Again, read that, that, that uh, book and you'll see. Be careful who you're listening to or getting advice from. Are you listening to people who are led by the Holy Spirit? Again, are you listening to people who are being led by the Holy Spirit? Or are you being led by people who are led by their emotions or their emotions or their own understanding? Again, here we are going back to own understanding. I'm very fortunate because again, I'm human just like the rest of you. If 
I did not have the people in my life who are spirit-led. Who knows where I would be? Actually, I could tell you the story about, <laughs> that's another story. I mean, I already know. I think most of you already know. It would not be a good place. It wasn't a good place. But I'm thankful that I have surrounded myself with spirit-led people. Our board, um, I see a few of them out here today. I'm very fortunate to have them in my life to keep me even killed. Look at him, dear brother Harrison here. He's great at keeping me on the up and up. But I'm very, exactly, cracking the whip. <laughs> I was thinking about something, but, no. but yes. But I'm very fortunate that I have good people in my life. Looking at Brooke back there, me and him, Jerry over here. They're my accountability partners, and they keep me on track. We're able to talk about hard stuff, about transparency. Again, I got good people in my life to kind of keep me. I recommend the same thing for y'all. Realize you're not alone in this transition or transitions. God is with you. It says in Scripture many times, God will never leave nor forsake you. Believe that. I think we say that and then things happen. Oh, God, where are you? Where are you? Oh, my God. He will never leave nor forsake you. He is with us all the time. But are we with him? That's the question to ask. He's with us. Are we with him? Remember this. Other Christians are going through similar transitions. We're not the only ones. I mean, we, ah, why we got to go through this? Man? We're not the only one. Other people are going through the same things. Remember that. Focus on what brings you closer to God, not further from Him. Again, focus on what brings you closer to God, not further from Him. I myself... Pray. I read scripture. I've just started to instead of listening to KBR, Jerry knows this on the radio, listening to six ten. It plays Christian music, and it's just man, it's amazing what that when you hear that. You know, as I'm driving from one job or to to a client, or I just had a bad experience, I get in, I turn, it just soothes me. It just it gets me closer to God and. All of a sudden, that anger, whatever emotion, negative emotion I'm feeling, it just goes out the door. It's great. I love it. That draws me closer to God so that, again, I don't end up doing something dumb or stupid, or, which I'm very capable of doing. Again, I never fool myself to think just because I do this one day, two days, three days, five days, six days out of the week and say that one day, because I'm fortunate that one day I do not. We're screwed up for all the six days that I work. All of a sudden, the six days go right out the door. And the one day that I screwed up, it just, it, it just messes everything up. So again, it's every day, every day, at least for me. I don't think you're any better than me. I hope not, right? Every day. Give yourself time to process. 
for most of you, you guys just found out about the selling of the church, the new pastor last week. Again, I've had nine months of process, um, not necessarily the, the, getting a new pastor, but the selling of the building. So we've had time to process, pray about it. I'm in a great place as far as that goes. Most of you have just heard this for the first time last week. I can't only imagine what some of your thoughts or emotions were. But give yourself time to process, and not only give, your give yourself time to process, but allow God to help you in that process. Learn to let God help you make decisions, because sometimes when you go through a transition, you may or may not like it. Sometimes we have a positive reaction. Again, sometimes a negative reaction. If we allow ourselves time to process and allow God to help us in that process, things will work out for the better. Remind yourself how God has brought you through transitions before. Again, for some of us, and I'm looking around, this ain't our first giddy-up. We've been through this before. God has brought us through. He will get it. He will bring us through again. I would ask you though, let's learn from the past. And as we go into the future, what can we do? Or what can we prevent? Things that we've done in the past and make things better going forward into the future. Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. I'm reminded I'm very good at being part of the problem. Don't like it. But again, if I lean or acknowledge God, I now become part of the solution, not part of the problem. But I will tell you this. If you lean on your own understanding, if you let the emotions get the better of you, you become part of the problem. Did you all hear me on that one? I hope so. You become part of the problem, not the solution. If we lean on our own understanding and not God, we become part of the problem, not the solution. Conclusion. Transitions are never easy. Often God does not explain what is happening. And because of free will, ooh, free will, I call it a curse sometimes. We can affect aspects of the transitions. We can affect the aspects of the transitions we go through. Negatively, positively. The key is remembering this. God is in control. Not us. God. If we remember that, things will work out a whole lot better. We forget that, don't we? Don't we forget that? I do. God is in control in all things at all times, no matter how small, how big. Don't worry 
about what other people are doing. <laughs> I see that happen too often. <laughs> what about that guy? Why he get this? I don't get Don't worry about that. Worry about what God is doing in your life. Because God is doing something in every one of our lives. And it's always good. May not be happy moments, moments, but God is always doing something in each one of our lives as long as we are allowing him to, as long as we get out of the way of ourselves. God has plans and purposes for each one of us. Do you believe that? If you don't, come talk to me. I'm not sure you're going to like what I have to say, but come talk to me. We need to stay obedient to God and make sure we're not getting in the way. Again, I'll use I same. I have a, I'm real good at getting in his way. And when I do, I become, again, part of the problem, not part of the solution. But if I get out of the way and say, God, you lead the way, I now become part of the solution. Feels a whole lot better. The solution, not the problem. Amen? I would, I would ask or challenge you all, everybody in here and everybody on YouTube, go home and take a look in the mirror and ask God to examine yourself and to be honest and willing to accept that which God is revealing in you and about you. Challenge. And I hope all you do it. Again, take a look in the mirror. Have God examine you. What's he revealing about you? Because he will. And then are we willing to accept that and then allow God to change you. Good challenge. So again, allow God to examine you, to search you, to reveal things about you so that, again, you can be part of the solution and not part of the problem. I truly believe God has great plans for Peninsula Hope Church. I mean that. I've always thought that. I've always hoped that. I think God wants to do great things with this church. But I'm reminded of a conference, an annual conference I went to years ago. And the bishop said, embrace your culture, but don't let it become a stumbling block. You hear that? Embrace your culture, but don't let it become a stumbling block. Don't let it trump what God is trying to do in your life. The Great Commission is this. Go and make disciples of all nations. Not one nation, all nations. Baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Teach them what I have commanded in you. Again, the Great Commission. Don't let yourself or your culture, whatever, become a stumbling block. Rely on God. Going back to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and I'm, I'll probably say this of my dying days. I'll say it again. Love thy Lord thy God with all your heart 
Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge God. And he, and he alone, will keep your path straight. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the words of hope were spoken by you through me. I pray and hope, Lord, that they touched open hearts and open minds. Lord, help us be your people to be led by your spirit. Help us to lean on you in all things at all times. To acknowledge you in all things at all times. So that you and you alone will keep our path straight. Help us to be a beacon in our communities, in our workplace. Help us through these transitions we are about to embark on. Again, lean in on our own understanding, but acknowledge you, and you will not only keep our path straight, but you will get us through. Pray, Lord, that we will be obedient to your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that people will go home and look in the mirror and that you will reveal on them what needs to be changed and that they will lean on you, acknowledge you, so that we will, all of us, become better Christians, better examples of you, Jesus Christ. Again, I thank you and I praise you. I love my church family, Lord, and I just hope and pray that they will love you back as I loved you or as we love you. Again, we pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus' name, amen.